what's coming up on this episode of the SBL Podcast. The sailors on a rampage while misery continues to pile on the Jaguars and the Young Lions. Plus, can the Eagles stay on track for their continental charge? We'll not only look ahead to the final round of fixtures in the Singapore Premier League, we'll also keep you entertained with our predictions and captain's pick. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. Hi everyone, this is Raushan. And this is Farah. Raushan, what's good, my friend? I'm, wait, wait, I want to say this first. I'm sure the football treated you very well on the weekend. I don't want to talk about it, but not only in the Premier League, I'm sure on the local front as well. No? Yeah, local front, Singapore Premier League, English Premier League, all going well. And the captain's pick going quite well as well. So, uh, I yeah. I know you didn't. Yes, I did. Who was your pick? My pick was um, Zuzul. I won. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I was happy for you. That's what I meant. Anyway, enough with the hellos and uh, captain's pick. Let's introduce the main man who's back in the hot seat. The co-founder of The Final Whistle and a man who people love to hear from by the looks of things. Deepan Raj Ganesan, happy belated birthday and welcome to the show. Yes, Deepan, Thank you, Roshan. Thank you, Farah. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, always a pleasure to discuss the Singapore Premier League. Yeah, Deepan, right. plenty to discuss by the way of uh, reviews. But very quickly before we get into the results of the week just gone by, I just want to get your quick thoughts on Hafiz Abu Sujat who announced his retirement at a very tender age of 31. Surprising move? Uh, yeah, for, for sure. I was taken aback. I uh, didn't hear much about it before. Uh, he eventually uh, announced it on his social media. Uh, look, I, I don't want to talk so much about the surprise of it, but I uh, just want to pay tribute to uh, what he has done in Singapore football. Uh, I think back in, in, in the Lions 12 era, especially, I think he was a player who, who captured the imagination because... Uh, I mean, we talk about the English Premier League and we have your Yao Cancelo and, and your Carl Walker playing that, that inverted fullback. Hafiz Sujat was there almost, you know. Uh, he used to play fullback and then when needed, he would play in central midfield. Uh, I think he was a fantastic player. Uh, but, you know, I've got to be honest, didn't quite take the, the steps that uh, we thought that he would. Uh, but I think he would be very proud of his career. I mean, uh, not many Singaporeans can say that they have played overseas. Uh, not many Singaporeans can say that they have played for the national team. And not many Singaporeans can say that they've won trophies and he has won twice. Uh, so I think he can be very proud of his career. Um, I, I, I wish him all the best in what he has planned for himself uh, in, in, the, in the future. Roshan, do you, want, do you have anything to say about it very quickly? No, I think Deepan summed it up quite perfectly in terms of the glorious career that he had. And if Deepan is making a point that he wasn't in the know of the announcement prior to Hafiz uh, announcing it. I think Hafiz has done well to keep his cards very close to the chest because, you know, Deepan has his ear very close to the, uh, to the, the floor. The, trans- the transmission in uh, Haugang Stadium has been off lately. <laughs> <laughs> More on the Haugang Stadium very quickly, but Haugang Stadium's transmission was working just fine this past weekend. Uh, Farah, you want to take me through the results? Indeed. Well, Match Week 21 was certainly full of um, goals just as the previous weekend. 
Um, the latest one was, of course, Tampanese Rovers being 1-0 winners, uh, courtesy of Taufik Suparno over the Young Lions. But Match Week 21 began with Elborex Zigata coming out as 4-2 winners over Tampanese Rovers. Then the double Saturday clash with Haugang coming out 5-1 winners over the Young Lions with the Sailors absolutely blowing Tanjung Paga off the park 7-0. And finally, Geelang International 3-0 win over Balestia Khalsa. But I guess there's nowhere else we should begin this than with the Lion City Sailors because they've really put out a true statement of intent, haven't they? That 17 goals scored in two games. And I think last week, we did speak about how these, the, at least the, the first game post Kim Dukun, they were they were playing less rigid. They seemed like they were having a little bit more fun playing like that. But are we surprised at all? That, uh, did we expect them to be playing like this post Kim Dukun um, deepen? Uh, I, I personally expected it um, simply because of how straight jacketed they were under Kim Dohun. Look, I, I'm not saying that coach Kim Dohun is a bad coach. That's that's not my point. But I think he has a certain style. Um, he wants to control games. He wants to it to be structured. Uh, whereas Luka Lalic, I think he's cut from a different cloth. Uh, at the end of the day, you look at these players on paper. Uh, some of the games that they drew uh, while Kim Dohun was in charge, we found it remarkable. Uh, and this is no no disrespect to your Gelangs, um, to the teams that they ran close with. But I think given the talent that they put out week in week out, uh, this should be a norm. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not I'm not being disrespect uh, disrespectful to Tanjung Paga because uh, we know Tanjung Paga can claw out results when they can. But when you pit this Lion City Sailors side and you let the the leash go, uh, they can do tremendous things. And we saw that. I mean, you look at these past two games. Um, I wouldn't call it bad defending. I wouldn't call it naive play from this opposition. But it's just the talent. I mean, you look at Maxim Lestien. He can unlock... I, I believe he can unlock some of Europe's tightest defences uh, at this moment because he's got that pedigree. He's got the ability. Um, and then when you have uh, Kim Shin Wook, when you have Gabriel Kwak, you have Adam Swandi in tremendous form. You know, these results are not surprising. But I, I love to see that. Uh, the fact that you know, these boys are playing with the freedom... Uh, you can tell from one or two signs that these boys are enjoying it. Uh, I, I think previously under Kim Do-hoon, uh, as much as they, they did get some victories, you know, I don't think they were enjoying the football. Uh, you ask any player in the current squad and they will tell you that football is much more enjoyable when you go out there and you're given the freedom. And I, and I say that as well. You, you, you talk about um, the game against Tanjong Paga. You saw Saifullah uh, take up a left-back role. But it was not him playing left-back. He was given the freedom to choose when he wanted to come inwards, when he wanted to stay out wide. And this is the individual freedom that players love because you can't tell a player, okay, you do this for 90 minutes. You know, sooner rather than later, they're going to lose momentum. And that's what we saw with the Sailors where, you know, they got into some very, very tough results. Right now, you see Saifullah, you see Adam Swandi, uh, Singaporeans really come to the fore because I believe, you know, they've taken off the straight jacket and been given the freedom and, and let's enjoy it while it lasts. Now, I think when Deepan was saying that this is no disrespect to Kim Doohun and no disrespect to the opposition as well, but Raushan, is this exactly how you want to see the sailors playing pretty much week in and week out? Yeah, I think various people who've come on this podcast have said that the sailors have a duty to entertain and they are doing just that in the past two games, right? And again, no disrespect to Kim Doohun, but we've had a Premier League reference at the top of the show. I'm going to bring in one more. When Jose Mourinho left Manchester United and then Ole came in, it almost seemed like a dark cloud was lifted over the whole club. I mean, varying different circumstances, but right now the Sailors look like they are playing without fear. The players that Deepan mentioned, Saifullah, Adam Swandi, 
yes, previously, they might have got half a chance here, 30 minutes here, 40 minutes here, but they would play with fear of making a mistake and not being able to get back into the lineup again or having to start from ground zero again. I think right now, they have been empowered by Luka Dalic to go out and enjoy their football. And if they make their mistake, it's okay because he counts on his top players, his Maxim Lestians, his Gabriel Quacks, his Shin Wooks to go out there and score enough goals to get a victory. And one more thing that I think is working in Luka Dalic's favour is the age. I think at 35, Luka Lalic is at a much more relatable age to his players. And I think they would probably feed more of him as compared to Kim Do-hoon, who would be a more disciplinarian at his age, slightly older, different you know, generation gap and all that. So it might be slightly different in that way. So I think Luka Lalic has... I don't think he has an easy job because it's not just easy as easy as removing the handbrake, but I think he's empowered the players. And it's come at such a crucial time in the run-in as well. And I think long may it continue LCS entertaining us and LTS, LCS in all likelihood going to win the title at a canter. From a team who are playing without fear and a team who are, who's look empowered to the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Tanjung Paga United. Four losses, four straight losses. They've conceded 20 goals in those games. It has truly gone downhill for them, hasn't it, Deepan? Uh, yeah, you, you have to say that judging from, from the results. Uh, but I, I think they are a bit unfortunate in the sense where, I mean, you look at Tanjung Paga and, and we have said this before. Uh, of course, they have a local core, uh, a very experienced local core, but uh, they are a side who are only as good as the foreigners. And uh, for a, a, a long period of time, at least, they, they missed Sujic. Um, and in the last game, they had uh, Blake out suspended. So uh, they haven't had the full complement. But having said that, uh, I think this was expected. I, I think if you ask Tanjung Paga's coaching staff, I think they will admit to it because... I think the way they have worked um, in, in pre-season and, and going into the season, uh, in terms of periodization, I think they worked with a plan where they would pick quite early on and then there would be a drop-off come to the third, fourth round or, or and then they will pick back up again uh, when the Singapore Cup comes around. Um, if, you look at, if you look at the results early on, I mean, they did, they did pick up good results uh, to put themselves uh, in with a shout of uh, AFC Cup placing. Uh, but with the way the results are going, it's going to be tough because when you lose one, two, three games and, and four games on the trot, you know, as a player, as a team, how do you pick yourself up for the next game? It's going to be very hard. Uh, but having said that, they have the perfect game next. It's that team that they love to play against, no? It's a, it's a team that they love to beat, in fact. Uh, but I, I do think that Tanjung Paga are a team where um, they are just suffering from, from what they achieved uh, previously. Uh, I mean, it's going to take away from, from your legs. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be causing you fatigue the way they play. Because let, let's be honest, as much as we want to sit here and say that Tanjung Paga have played beautiful football, uh, they've moved the ball, that's not the case. Uh, their wins, their success, so as to speak, uh, which, to, which is seeing them you know, quite high up the table, has been a result of hard work. And at the end of the day, you can't have hard work throughout the season. There is going to be a drop-off and that is a drop-off that, was, that we are seeing now. But it is a pity, isn't it? I mean, I'm glad you brought up the AFC point because that was actually my next question. I did want to ask, how worried would you be? Because I think at one point of the uh, maybe the past couple of episodes, we were speaking about Tanjung Paga's chance at the AFC Cup and we were all for them being in the AFC Cup and it looked good for them. But now it's not looking too good. So, Raushan, how worried would you be if you were Haswin and Nolam Shah? I think, yes, when they peaked... The AFC Cup qualification was well within their sights. But if you ask Hazrin, you ask Noor Alamsha, or you ask any member of that coaching team, they just need to get 
a positive result now. I think the AFC Cup qualification is is the next chapter for them. Right now, immediately, they need to get a good result because just like winning is a habit, losing is a habit as well. So when they were on that high, dressing room spirits were up, they were doing well, there was confidence breeding in the team. Even if there were a few goals down, we saw some sterling comebacks they made early on in the season. But now suddenly, once they lose a goal, once they lose a goal or two, Hits drop and then it suddenly becomes ah here we go again kind of thing. So for Tanjung Pagar's sake, I think they easily won a lot of hearts. But like Deepen said, they have been a victim of their early season success. So to replicate that in the final round is going to be very very tough on this Tanjung Pagar team. But I hope they at least take the fight to Tampines for the AFC Cup qualification. And I don't want to see Tampines just run away with the third spot. Yeah, just sorry, just a quick point to to make here. Yeah, I I mean when 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 Roshan says. Um, the fact that losing can become a habit. Uh, I think he's right. But I think what's more important is when you are losing, uh, confidence is seeped from you. Uh, you look at certain players like Fatullah, um, Rushaidi is another one. You know, two players who I, I really like personally, but suddenly you look at their performances and you question, you know, what has happened to them? Um, and this is a clear result of, of confidence. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're losing games, you don't want to try things. You You, you try to play the safer pass. You try to be very, very, very safe with your choices in, on the field. And that's what's happening now. So I think what needs to happen is your 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 Blakes, your your Miracle Sujic, your Rio needs to push the team and say, you know what? We, we have nothing to lose. And, and that is the truth. Tanjung Paga have nothing to lose because we didn't expect them to be here. I mean, if you look, if you, if you listen back to our, our, our original preview of the SPL, we wrote them off. And here they are surprising us all. So they have nothing to lose. And this is a mentality they have to take to, uh, to the remaining games in the season. I think that's Tanjung Paga's team talk for the weekend done already. If 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 they haven't already listened to this, they should be playing this in the dressing room right before kickoff against Elbrex. But very quickly, you added a few players who've had a shocking drop off in terms of confidence. Unfortunately, Zafan Rohaizat falls in that bracket as well. I don't mean to call out a player for the sake of calling out a player, but we were waxing lyrical over him when Tanjung Paga were flying high, and you can see the confidence has been sapped from his performance and. For Singapore's sake, we do need future custodians to step up because Hazan Sani can't possibly play until he's 50. So hopefully for Singapore's sake, Zafan picks it up and peaks again because I think it's important for the national team as well. Definitely. Now Deepan came through with Tanjung Paga's team talk. Raushan, I'll need you to come through with Geelang's team talk because Geelang are now still within reach of the AFC Cup spot. Now four points off Tampanese. They've certainly more than redeemed themselves, haven't they? Especially with the horrid start that they, they actually had. I'm not sure I should be doing the team talks because Noah <laughs> Ali is the reigning manager of the month and I think he's earned the stripes to, to give all the team talks he wants. But yeah, Geelang have miraculously really turned this around with a very strong showing in round three. And much like we didn't see Tanjo Paga's high coming at the start of the season, I personally did not see... Geelang's run of fixtures coming, run of results coming rather, and, and they've surprised us all. And I think they always had the quality, we've mentioned it before, but I think now the key players are making the difference. I think Bezakor is finally coming good. At the start of the season, he was very wasteful in front of goal. They were creating chances, he was just not finding the back of the net. He's again proving to be inspired for Geelang International. And yes, four points with Tampines. They have games against Tampines and Tampines for in all likelihood having just set through their 1-0 victory over the Young Lions look culpable, look like better teams will make Tampines pay. So I don't think the AFC Cup qualification is done and dusted just yet. I expect Geelang to have a run of results and run Tampines close because Tampines for the life of me look like they can be 
taken advantage of because they weren't convincing at all against the young lions and better teams will take advantage of the temporary backline quite easily. We do want to talk a little bit later about Geelang potentially overcoming I mean going above Tampines for the AFC Cup spot but Deepan let me just ask you this first how impressed have you been with Geelang recently? Um, I have been impressed of course um, but I still think they can do better. Uh, you look at the last game against uh, Beleste Khalsa um, I, I thought that Bezakov was you know in tremendous form again but uh, there are other players who can do more I, I believe so. Uh, at the end of the day you look at Sime Zuzula we have seen what he can do um, I think he can do more. At the end of the year, I know he's he's getting on a score sheet, but I have seen better and he can do better. And at the end of the day, when we look at Geelang, I mean, I, I said it, I think when we're doing, a, if I'm not wrong, it was doing the mid-season review. I said that, you know, uh, Geelang are a team to, to look up for, for for the second half of the season because they put in a lot of good performances in the in the first half of the season, but just could not get the result. Um, I remember that, that 2-0 loss to Tampanese Rovers comes to mind where they were clearly the better team, but ended up 2-0 losers. And then uh, the same case for, I think it was a draw against the Young Lions, where they were clearly the better team, but didn't quite get the victory. So at, at, at this moment, I think Geelang are running on momentum. Uh, but of course, the worry is the depth. I mean, we look at you look at the bench, uh, do they really have what it takes to replace the starting 11 players when things go wrong? I'm not quite sure. Uh, but just a quick note on Geelang. Joshua Pereira, what a player. I, I, I believe I've said this on, on Twitter already, but trust me, if he's not in the national team for the September games, something is terribly wrong. I mean, you cannot have a local player putting in that kind of a performance week in and week out. And, and it's not just one or two that I'm talking about. It's been a string of performances that he's been, that he's been giving in, in the Singapore Premier League. And if he doesn't get a call-up, then I, I don't know what merits a call-up anymore. Yeah, certainly. I hope Nishigaya is taking notice of uh, his form, right? Deepan, I just want to quickly ask you one question because I haven't had you on the podcast for a long time. When we did the mid-season review, you said Hasrin Jelani should be manager of the year because of the form he showed. Uh, the reason I'm asking you this now is because I feel No Ali is well within a shout for manager of the year as well with the way he's turned things around in Geelang. Uh, should I bring up what you put on the line or are you going to do that yourself? And do you think Hazrin Jelani still warrants uh, manager of the year? Look, I, I I think still that Tanjung Pagal will find their way back into form. So I'm going to stick to my guts and say that uh, Tanjung Pagal will end the season well. Uh, because look, I think even if they even if Tanjung Pagal were not able to are not able to get a, a AFC Cup spot, I still think that Hazrin Jelani should get the manager of the year. Simply because of the fact that I don't think we are the only ones. I mean, as much as uh, Blake likes to mention that, you know, uh, we wrote Tanjung Paga off. I mean, obvi- obviously, he's joking and, and just a bit of banter. But I don't think we're the only ones. I think a lot of people gave them no chance. Simply because of the makeup of the squad, uh, the lack of depth uh, in terms of the youth players that they have. So, I think that they have surprised us all. And I do still think that they will end the season well. And I, I do know what's on the line. For Singapore football, for Singapore football's sake, I hope what you say comes true because we can't afford to lose a stalwart like you. You're making the man quick in his boots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he, he, he thought Deepan thought it's all fun and games when I called him to be on the podcast. All right, shall we look ahead to the final round of fixtures? Yes, we shall. Now, first up, the Friday night clash between Haugang United and the Lions City Sailors. Kickoff as usual, 7.45 p.m. at the Haugang Stadium. Now, I'm going to put everything aside. I just feel like my first question should be, how many will the Sailors put 
pass Algang here, different. Okay, I I think that this is going to be a different proposition. I mean, uh, once again, no disrespect to Tajung Paga, uh, no disrespect to the Young Lions, but uh, we sort of expected a, a, a drubbing in, in both games, especially when we saw the lineups. Um, we did expect it, but this one, I I think this is going to be uh, Luka Lalic's toughest test yet. Uh, but having said that, I still think the Lions Steelers have more than enough quality to really, really make uh, easy work out of this. Uh, you look at Haugang, of course, they'll be beaming with uh, confidence after their latest victory. Uh, but you look at an extended run, I, I'm not, I have not been impressed by Haugang. Um, I mean, not, not too long ago, we were talking about them and saying that they have been underperforming. Uh, and that hasn't changed in terms of the outlook of their season. Uh, so I, I still think that Lion City sellers have more than enough. But again, this comes down to mentality. Um, as, as much as you want to talk about that 5-1 win over Young Lions, that the game before, the, the, the defeat to Ballester is still fresh in everybody's mind. Uh, and if they play anywhere like they did at the Topayo Stadium uh, against the, the, the Lion City Sailors, then wow, we are in for, for quite a feast of goals. Uh, but I, I also think that because they suffered a 6-1 defeat to Ballester Khalsa, I think they'll be smarter. Uh, at the end of the day, I think if there is one merit to um, the Haugang coaching staff is that they know how to eke out results when the back is against the wall. Uh, I, I, I hand it to, to Fredaos and Clement. I think they can form a, a, a tactic or rather a philosophy in this game alone uh, to ensure that you know they don't leak as many goals. Uh, whether this is uh, equivalent to parking the bus uh, I'm not quite sure, but I, I do think that they will go quite defensive for this one. Um, but I, I still think Sailors have more than enough quality and uh, I expect Sailors to win this game by three clear goals. Nice. Raushan, thoughts, sir? I think Deepan makes a fair point that this will be Luka Lalic's biggest test because going forward, Haugang have a lot about them, right? We've seen it uh, in the last match they played, 5-1 victors against the Young Lions. So I think in that way, the attack of Haugang will prove to be the biggest test for Luka Lalic's team's defence. And I think that's where then the question will be asked if structure is the way to go or is a free reign the way to go for the Lion City Sailors. And having said all of that, I do think the Sailors just have too much about them at the moment. They've seen their closest challenges falter more than once over the past couple of weeks. And if I'm a Sailor at the moment, I'm just going to go out there and get the job done. Maxim Lestian playing the way he is. Hey, Faris Ramli is coming off the bench and providing assists for Song Yong week in, week out. That's just too much quality in this Sailors team. Um, so whatever it is, I don't see Haugang getting a result against the Lion City Sailors. I know uh, Deepan tried to give some credit to the Haugang coaching staff. I don't think they deserve much credit for what they've put out this season. I don't think they, there's a reason for that. There's much too much turmoil going on in the club for them to get one over the Lion City Sailors. And I expect the Sailors to put out another resounding performance as well as a result i expect the sailors to win this one 4-2 all right um same i i it, it's not gonna be a 10 nil 7 nil kind of victory but at the end of the day they're gonna get it done i don't see any other results so very easily i think it's gonna be 4 nil lion city sailors all right let's move on shall we the next game on saturday kickoff at 5.30 p.m. at our Tampanese Hub is Geelang International up against the Young Lions. Now, let's note that Geelang have only lost once in their last 10 games. We speak of their great form after their horrible start that they had. But, I mean, now I can ask you, Deepan, that's what I wanted to ask you earlier. Can Geelang 
well, I'm assuming they should be able to get three points over the Young Lions here and essentially inch closer towards that AFC Cup qualification? Yeah, for sure. I, I think momentum is the word that I used previously and, and that's the word that I'm going to use with them now as well. Uh, I think Geelang have plenty of that at the moment. I think there's confidence running through the, the, the whole squad. Uh, you look at the the young boys that come on um, and, and score. Arifin, Arifin No, I believe, you know, was, the, was the latest to come on and score. It's just... When when you have good results, it's not just your first eleven that benefit from it, right? It's also your your reserves, your coaching staff. I think Sai Azmi was a, was a brilliant. I mean, whatever the circumstances were in, in him joining um, Geelang, but the fact that you know this is someone who brings joy to the squad. I mean, uh, I mean, if you know Sai Azmi, you will know that he's full of fun, a very good coach as well, and he brings good vibes to the squad. And at the end of the day, uh, players feed off that, and 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 I do believe players like him, players enjoy working with him. And he has brought that to the squad. So, to me, I think what needs to happen right now until the end of the season is players who are already on good form need to realise that that's not the limit. They can do more. I I, I waxed l- lyrical about uh, Joshua Ferreira, but I still believe he can do more. Tezuka, we have seen much better from him in, in, in an orange shirt. Can he do the same for uh, for Geelang as well? Uh, Zuzul, I mentioned earlier. Bezakor, Roshan, Roshan mentioned earlier that he has come into his own. I think they can all step up even more. And I think against Young Lions is a good platform where, uh, no disrespect to the Young Lions, but it's against the Young Lions where you try to do more than you usually would in a sense where, you know, you have the bit of freedom. You know you're playing against younger boys. You know, go all out. And I think Geelang can do that. I, I do believe that Geelang, if they play to their full potential, can be very, very convincing uh, winners in this game. So what would your prediction be here? I- I'm going to go straight in for 5-1. Nice. Okay, Raushan, Deepan spoke about that momentum, right, that Geelang have. And then in that same regard, young Lions don't really have that momentum. They're just picking up losses after losses here. So how do you see this one going? I think that's two team talks done for the weekend because that was excellent from Deepan setting it up for what Geelang have to do against the young Lions. So the young Lions, I agree with you, it's been a difficult season. They've conceded 72 goals in now 21 games. That's a worrying tally, if anything. But they showed... Plenty of fight against Tampines Rovers. My worry for the Young Lions is fatigue because they have similar squad of players taking part in the COE League as well as the main league. I know COE League mainly is under-19 players, but they make up the Young Lions squad as well. So I worry having played so many games over such a short space of time, this will be the third time the Young Lions are playing in just over a week, I believe. I think fatigue will be a big problem amongst other problems for the Young Lions. So I suspect Geelang, with the confidence, with the momentum they have to walk all over this Young Lions team, I expect a confident and clinical 3-0 victory for Geelang against the Young Lions. Sorry, just to just to add to that, I mean, uh, Raushan brought a, a very good point about this uh, fatigue. And, and it also beggars belief for me. I mean, you look at the uh, recent Under-21 game that the Young Lions B, I think they call them, played... Uh, in the under-21 league against Elbrex. Yes, 7-1 winners, sure. But the fact that these some players who played in that game, you know, are running out onto a Singapore Premier League game and playing almost the full game, to me, I don't understand it. I mean, how many, I mean at the end of the day, yes, we want our youth players to have game time. It's a platform for them to have game time. But are you running them into the ground? Um, I mean, you look at the lineup. I, I, of course, I have no pre, uh, I have no information in, in terms of how long uh, these guys played in the in the under twenty one game, but you look at the starting lineup. They had Zico starting the game. They had Raul Suami starting the game, and these same boys started two days later against uh, Tampines Rose in the Singapore Premier League. And you sort of can see that. I mean, Zico's we have seen so much better from him, but in that Tampines game, he was almost like he was playing for the sake of it. 
you know, just trust out there and, and, and going through the motion. So, you know, to me, I don't understand this. I know you can have a young Lions V, you can play some of your under-19 players, but do you really need to play uh, your young Lions boys who are already playing in the Singapore Premier League? I am not quite sure. If people don't understand, then I also don't understand, you know. <laughs> the man of Singapore football doesn't understand, what do we know? Uh, final anyway. point, final point. Raul <laughs> Soaimi is 16 years of age. There's no way a 16-year-old boy should be playing professional. I mean, you're 16. I've been 16 before. I've had plenty of energy. But to play at that level on a Monday and a Wednesday and then expect him to turn up on a Saturday as well is, is a lot to ask. And I think Deepan brings up a fair point about burnout. And I think we need to worry about that burnout with these younger players. And taking everything into consideration, my prediction for the Geelang in Young Lions game would be a pretty straightforward win for Geelang. I'm going 3-0 as well. Did you say 3-0, Roshan? I did, but it's not the first time you're copying my prediction. I, so I, I, I thought it was coming. Forget it. <laughs> next, next up, Tanjung Paga up against Alberex. I think earlier, Deepan made mention about how Tanjung Paga might be licking their lips at this. Don't know about their recent form, but they do love playing against Alberex. They've already beaten them twice this season. And judging by their recent form, but, but what I mean is judging by their recent form, does it seem like they would be able to do that again? But, you know, bogey teams are bogey teams, right, Deepan? Yeah, I mean, um, the previous two times that they, they faced each other, uh, I, I counted them out. Um, and I still feel I'm going to count them out again, you know, this time. Because it's really very hard to to sit here and logically say that Tanjung Paga are going to beat Albrex, Even though, you know, they've already done it uh, twice this season. You look at in terms of how Elbrex are playing, I mean, with Ilhan Fandi in form, Kodai Tanaka in form, uh, Tadananari Lee is back. The only question I can ask is how? How are Tanjung Pago going to beat Elbrex? But we have seen it happen before and there is always a chance it can happen again. As the cliche goes, the ball is round. Uh, but I, I do believe that Elbrex themselves, they, they are in good form at the moment. I mean, um, they are playing very good football at the moment as well. And they are gunning for the title. Let's be clear about that. You know, they, they are not going to give up without a fight. Uh, and I think they're going to use a lot of uh, motivation in this game. The fact that they have already been beaten twice by this Tanjung Paga side. Uh, incredible if it happens for a third time. But I'm willing to put my head out on the line and say that it's no chance of that happening. I think I think Albrecht will be professional in this game. Uh, I don't think they'll be as naive as they were in previous games against Tanjung Paga. Because... You can get caught out once or twice, which was the case, right? In the sense where they left too many bodies up front and, and they didn't quite um, uh, get close to, to Rio. But I, I think they will be quite smart in this one. Uh, maybe a narrow win. I, I think I think Tanjong Pao will run them close, but I see Albrecht winning this one 2-1. Roshan, how do you see this one going? Because like Deepa was saying, they are gunning for the title, Albrecht, right? But in like you've mentioned earlier as well, in recent weeks, we've seen Albrecht kind of go to sleep a little and sleep up a little. So, any chance at all that they might do this year? Anything can happen. We've seen it happen before, so it's going to be hard to say no chance at all. I, I'm not going to put my neck on the line and say that, but <laughs> I do think Elbrecht would have learned. I do think Elbrecht, King Kazu, Coach Kazu, would have learned from the two losses they suffered. And uh, the most recent one was an absolute smash and grab, right? So, it's not like they were dominated by... Tanjong Paga 
for 90 minutes. Elbrex still have plenty about them. And I think Elbrex with the title inside, Kodai Tanaka with that golden boot inside, is going to be a different proposition for this Tanyong Paga defence, which is bereft of any form of confidence. I'm just talking about the defence. I'm not talking about the rest of the team. That defence is absolutely shattered. I've seen some of the goals they've considered in recent weeks. It's uncharacteristic of this Tanyong Paga team or what I've become accustomed to for this Jaguars side, right? So I suspect this is going to be a very difficult assignment for uh, Tanyong Paga to get anything out of. I suspect Elbrex, with the players they have in form, will have a bit too much. And I think... They will clinically get this job done just to close in on the Lion City Sailors because they know for a fact if they had it their way, they should be top of the table now, Elbrex. Unfortunately, they slipped up when it mattered most, when they had it in their hands. And right now, if they slip up again, they know the Sailors are in a place where they will just run away with it. And I don't think Elbrex or Kazu is going to allow that. I suspect Elbrex win this quite comfortably 4-1. 4-1. Deepan, do you give a number just now? I've completely... Yeah, I, I said 2-1. Two, two Okay, to one. I'm trying not to copy anybody's answer here before I get shit for it. But anyways, I mean, the, what Deepan was saying earlier was how can Tanjung Baga do it, right? It's not going to be impossible because they've done it twice this season. But judging by recent form, I don't know if they would have the, um, not say capability, but I don't know how their confidence would be heading into this one. If they may be able to take any confidence from their previous results against Albrecht, there's that. But in recent form, it, it, it's hard to see them getting anything out of it. So I must, I don't see anything else except an Elbrex win here. And I'm going to go for a 3-0 win for Elbrex. And finally, Tampanese versus Balestier at our Tampanese hub. That Sunday night clash kickoff at 5.30pm. Now guys, this is going to be a pretty special one because this will be Akba's final game with Balestier, he will surely want to end his tenure on a high, wouldn't he, Deepan? Yeah, for sure. And, and I do want to, to wish him the best in, in what, what's next for him. Uh, this particular fixture is special as well because, you know, of course, his former team, Tampanese, uh, another team they has managed. Uh, but this particular fixture actually brings back a, a good memory. Not a good memory, but a, a funny one I want to share about. Uh, so this particular fixture, it was at the start of the season uh, at Topayo Stadium. Uh, finished in a two-all draw. Uh, I believe it was Akbar's first match in charge. And and Raushan would know this very well. When when Akbar came into uh, the job at Palestine, Akbar talked about you know wanting it to be a long-term process, changing the style of football, keeping the ball on the ground, playing a pass and move style. We all knew that, you know, that's something that he talked about at length. Um, and there I was in the stands that the, is the VIP stand that the middle ground, you know, at, at Topayo Stadium. And I seated very close to me was the the Ballester chairman, uh, Tawanesan. Uh, and this is keep in mind again. This is Ballester's first match under Akbar, you know, under a new brand of football. Uh, and I remember the goalkeeper. I think it was Rudy at that uh, in that game uh, was playing short passes out to Delwinder and, and and his defenders. And obviously, because you know it's the first time some of these players are playing this brand of football, they did give the ball away quite cheaply. And then there was the chairman right be, behind me. Screaming, yo, just kick long lah. Don't play this nonsense short pass lah. I mean, you have hired a head coach to who wants to change the brand of football, and in your first game, you have lost patience. So, you know, I wonder what what more has happened. You know, in the next few weeks, where Ballester haven't quite picked up the results that they want to. Um, has has the chairman gone to to his coach and told him no, no more of this or? Yeah, is it Akbar himself who has realized this and, and, and tried to change it? Uh, by the end of the day, I think 
whoever the chairman is, when you hire a head coach, especially when you give him a two-year contract, trust him. You know, don't involve yourself in, in matters. You know, I, I don't want to th- uh, talk too much in, in detail about this, but trust your head coach. You, you have hired him. You know, give him give him the resources, or if you can't give him the resources, then don't interfere. That that's all I I, I wish. And I do believe that Akbar is one of the most talented local coaches that we have. Um, it, it's a pity that his a long term project at at, at Topayo Stadium ends after not even one season. Um, but I wish him all the best in Thailand. I, I think he's going to learn a, a lot in Thailand, even though he's in the second di- uh, second division. Uh, but it's a pity. I mean, at the end of the day, chairman, the chairman should do his work. And you let the head coach do his work, and and that's where I want to end it off. At the end of the day, on the note of Agwa, I think we all wish him well and wish him the best uh, for his future endeavors. But Deepen, Valencia are taking on Tampines this weekend. How do you see that game going? Predictions, please. Um, I I think given that it's the last game, um, from what I understand, I I I do believe that Agwa has a very good rapport with his players. Uh, I think they want to give him a good send off. Um, at the end of the day, I I think all parties are living uh, on on a happy note. So I'm I'm gonna to lean towards a, a Ballester victory in this one. Uh, perhaps two one victory to Ballester. Roshan, what about you? I think one thing I'll miss most about Akbar will be his pre-match interviews because I think they've been entertainment guaranteed every time he speaks pre-match. Right, he ensures there's some. Candor, there's some charisma to what he puts not out, the, and I think we'll not the hair. <laughs> Certainly not those flat tops that Akbar has been rocking. But no, all things said and done, I think Farah summed it up perfectly, saying we wish Akbar all the best on his Thai adventure. Uh, it's for the betterment of local football that local coaches go out there and learn a bit more about the game. And Akbar's done it before overseas, so it'll be interesting to see if he can do it again while in Thailand. Right? Uh, looking ahead to this game, I think Akbar. Hand on heart, can think, can can know, can live in the knowledge that he's leaving this team in a better position than when he took over. I know Ballester have their problem areas. Their midfield is non-existent. Their goalkeeper is suspect. But attack-wise, they have one of the best tridents in the league. I feel when on their day, the Japanese trio can beat people. And defensively, he's brought in Delvinder. He's brought in Madu, who certainly are an upgrade on Ensa Brunsovic, who has now been shifted into midfield. Right. So I think Akbar at least knows he's addressed a few problems with the short time that he had. And at least he will know he tried his best, like he can leave, honestly. And I like Deepan's point about him having a good relationship with this player. Players, perhaps, they will want to give him a final hurrah, a happy ending to his short tenure at Topayo Stadium. But I suspect Tampanese will have a bit too much about them. I do think, I touched on it earlier, Kodai Tanaka chasing that golden boot, wanting to get goals. I think Boris, who drew a blank against the Young Lions, is going to be... <clears throat> It's going to be a big, big threat against uh, Ballester and it is a Ballester defence that leaks goals. I suspect Tampines will have to halt the Agbanawa farewell party slightly, but I suspect maybe a two-all draw just just so it's balanced, I guess, and just so Agba doesn't leave on such a bad note. I hate Roshan so much. I was going to go for that same score. But anyways, my reasoning is because, I mean, you were saying that it's a Ballester defence that leaks goals. I'm not going to say that Tampanese are particularly amazing at defending either. I mean, they do, they do, they have their fair share of being suspect at the back as well, don't they? I mean, we've seen that throughout the season. So I definitely don't see anybody keeping a clean sheet here. On sentiments alone, I do want to see Balestia try and get something out of this. But on the note of Tutu as well, it's because twice already this season, they have 
it is it ended to all so i'm gonna be on the same page with you roshan to all this is what it's gonna end moving on to my favorite segment of the show captain's pick deepen you are our guest we'd like you to pick the standout player from the weekend first uh, I'm going to go for the, the Geelong Young Lions game because I think there's going to be goals from the the, the Eagles. Um, I wanted to see Bezikov. I think I'll go with Zuzu. I think we had due a big, big performance from him. And I think he'll come in this one. Smart choice, Deepan. I can tell you he'll probably come good here. Rosha, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. Uh, that's okay. I, I, I jumped you to it the last time. So, Farah, please take it away with your prediction. Okay, listen. So I because I felt really like hard done by that you yanked Gabriel out of my hands last weekend. I wanted to go for Gabe this weekend, uh, but I think I'm actually gonna go for Vincent Bezico. I haven't gone for him. Um, I mean, we've seen recently how he's done, and I feel like he might come good this weekend. So, and there's no perfect game for him to to come good at. So yeah, Vincent Bezico. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to go for a bit of a left field choice. Well, not so left field, but a, a, a team I haven't exactly been fond of all season long. Albrecht Nigata. I expect them to put in a good performance against Tanjo Paga and push the Lion City Sailors for a title. I'm going to go Tadanari Lee for this week. I just think he's returned from injury and played a big part in all things good for Albrecht going forward, and perhaps he'll put in a good shift against Tanjo Paga against a re- reeling Tanjo Paga backline. Every time Roshan puts out a name, I'm like, how have you not picked Tadanarili all season long? I don't believe his predictions at all. I swear you picked it. I'm going to go back on every single episode and listen back. Hey, hey, this is the SPL podcast, not the Farah rant. So keep your your clock-like rants away from the show. <laughs> wow. All right, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the previews, the reviews, as well as a bit of Farah's rants. Do continue to support the final whistle as we go towards the business end of the Singapore Premier League season. If you like our content, share it, subscribe it, and drop in a good word to keep us going. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.